should get this out there straight away that this list is subjective, since I have a couple of takes here that could be considered slightly more spicy, judging by the recent opinions that I've seen online, so here goes. Here are some things that I think are superior in Tears of the Kingdom compared to similar things in Breath of the Wild. Remember, this isn't the right list, it's just my list and I'd love to hear yours, so make sure to drop them down in the comments. Breath of the Wild's story is one of the most contentious parts of that game. It hosts some pretty good characters, they're not the most in-depth characters of all time, but they do serve a purpose, and they're likeable or unlikable enough to the point that people online can simp, or not simp over them. Rivali, Teba, Cass, Daruk, Yanobo, Riju, Obosa, Sidon, Mifa, and Zelda are all characters that we can get behind on some small level. We can relate to them. I think most people's problems come from the execution of the story, and the ending, which is pretty abrupt to be honest. At the end of the day, it's a serviceable story. It plays out in the past with memories, so there's not much to do in the present day, but there's nothing that's inherently awful about the story itself. Here's where we come to Tears of the Kingdom story. Now, do I think the Tears of the Kingdom story is perfect? No, not by any means. But if we're gonna compare Breath of the Wild and this game, I think that this story is an improvement. But this is an interesting one because it's far from an objective perspective. I've seen some people straight up hating Tears of the Kingdom story. And hey, that's fine, we can just have differing opinions. It seems like the story itself is very polarizing. After finishing the game, I think that the story does have some problems, but I didn't come away from it and forget about the story instantly while retaining the memories of some memorable characters. I personally remembered both the characters and pretty much all of the story beats despite this playthrough only being my first. It made a lasting impression on me, unlike Breath of the Wild's narrative. To be honest, if I wasn't a Zelda superfan, I think that I would have forgotten everything about Breath of the Wild minus the basic premise of the champions and the divine beasts. Now the flip side of this for a lot of you will be that Tears of the Kingdom's story was an actively negative experience for you, which will of course lead to a worse overall story in your opinion. I'm just in that other camp. There are aspects of the story I think aren't as strong, but overall I think story sections, story beats that are playable like the beginning of the game and elsewhere in the game is really cool. I really feel like I'm part of the story in some sections. It helps the feel of it more so than in Breath of the Wild. Fully aware though that this is a completely subjective take, as I know the disappointment in the story department is huge for some people, and I think that opinion is very valid. I liked it though, story cool. Side quests in Breath of the Wild were really disappointing in my opinion. They offered some cool rewards in the form of some gems, but their stories were very shallow. Usually one person would need some sort of material, like some bugs or something to that degree, and you'd be rewarded with some amber, some opal, or a valuable gem. It had a more cookie cutter feel to it. In Tears of the Kingdom, it feels like the Zelda team had some sort of an epiphany when designing side content. Now there are still original side quests, and these play out like a lot of the side quests in Breath of the Wild, but there are also these other things called side adventures, and these adventures elevate the experience of Tears of the Kingdom tenfold. I've heard a lot of people believe that this game is far too overwhelming with the amount of content that's present, and I think that one of the biggest reasons for that is the side adventures. Some of these adventures link around to other side content, they can also have some really cool rewards. One even gives you four whole lights of blessing, which is enough for an entire level of progression. There are some adventures that don't quite carry as much weight as others and their rewards aren't quite as good, but the fact that most of these side adventures have a cool little tiny story with them, 
It already elevates them way above Breath of the Wilds in my opinion, and thus, I label side quests from the last game fixed in Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think they're as good as side quests in Majora's Mask or Wind Waker in particular, but I still find these side adventures to be some of the better quests in the series. Plus, there's some really fun quest lines that even I haven't completed yet. The volume of quality is really on Tears of the Kingdom's side, though Tarrytown is still a standout from Breath of the Wild. Time for another slightly more spicy take. I find the shrines in Tears of the Kingdom far more engaging. There are some problems with them though, because of the sheer amount of them. With there being way more than there was in Breath of the Wild, I think there are more blessing shrines now because of that change. Getting to shrines in the sky can feel repetitive since a lot of them reuse the same crystal quest, but to a degree, if those quests feel boring like they did to me, well, I think they're kinda outing the less experimental of us. For each of those crystals, I used a glider and flew back to the location that needed it, just a normal glider. I kinda wish I'd been more creative in my solutions to get back to those areas in retrospect. It probably would have improved my experiences in those areas, but hey, never mind. I think overall the Blessing Shrines were still harder to get to in Tears of the Kingdom than the last game, though certain tropes become more repetitive overall. But getting into blessing shrines usually took longer and it really felt like you were completing a shrine before getting into them, unlike some of them in Breath of the Wild. To be honest, I actually just really like the item set way more in Tears of the Kingdom too. In my eyes, they give you more open and engaging puzzles. Of, of course you can cheese everything in a shrine with certain items, but where is the fun in that? So a lot of the time I limited myself when cheesing stuff in shrines unless it was an intended cheese. I know it's hard to limit yourself to do stuff in a game though, and you shouldn't have to do that. But I don't know, at least while recency bias is still fresh in my mind, I think I preferred every shrine together in my mind in Tears of the Kingdom to every shrine in Breath of the Wild. Just my opinion though, maybe you really disagree with this one, and I could see where you're coming from if you felt that you had to cheese the shrines due to the design, or if you didn't like the ability set as much as the items in Breath of the Wild. Personally though, they fixed the shrine themes and the puzzles to an even higher degree this time round. One final contentious point here are the Proving Ground Shrines, and I like them a lot. Instead of doing one massive gauntlet in a Proving Ground-like arena, just having these instead feels great in my eyes, and if I was to compare them with anything, it'd have to be the Test of Strength Shrines, which got extremely, like, really repetitive. By their nature, I think that the Proving Ground Shrines are less repetitive and are more fun, but that's just my opinion. And speaking of shrines and mini puzzles, I think Tears of the Kingdom's dungeons were a giant fix, quote unquote, to the Divine Beast from Breath of the Wild. In fact, I think if Breath of the Wild had released with the dungeons from Tears of the Kingdom, I think our current worry about the future of dungeons in the series wouldn't be quite as prevalent as it still is right now. But that's just anecdotal with my experiences, so maybe I'm wrong. As I've said in the past, in my Zelda dungeons I look for a cool backstory, an interesting theme and atmosphere, cool puzzles and any amount of combat. Now to that level I think Tears of the Kingdom's dungeons are a very large step up compared to the Divine Beasts. I know a lot of you might prefer the beasts, and that's fine, there's room for points on either side, but if I'm directly comparing the temples in this game to the beasts in the last game, I'm very much on the side that believes that dungeons were fixed in Tears of the Kingdom. I still don't think they're absolutely perfect, it's not a perfect fix. There are some growing pains and even more room to grow in the future. 
but for what they are, they're great. If you want my specific thoughts on every single regional phenomenon dungeon, I have a full video discussing why I like or dislike each of those dungeons in the game, so check out that. It serves as a good compliment to this video in my opinion. Monsters! They're here! They found me! Help! As I said earlier, the characters in Breath of the Wild are extremely fun and are pretty personable. Some have more layers than others, and each stand out as unique, but that's really all they do. In this respect, I do quite like the champions, Mifa, Ravali, Urbosa, and Daruk. They aren't extremely in-depth, but as a vessel to complete a story, they do the job very well in my opinion. I did expect just a little more from the new champions in Breath of the Wild, especially since they're supposed to be worthy successors to those original champions, and instead, they're used to get to dungeons without actually going in there to help the player. In my opinion, the new champions were improved upon a whole lot. So much so that they're probably my favourite characters out of the two games now. My personal favourite sage is Tulin, but it feels like each character was improved in some way. As an example, Tulin is a new main character, but him even being included in the story still furthers a plot thread introduced with a sentence after completing Varmeadow in Breath of the Wild, furthering Teba as a character, not just Tulin. Tulin succeeding in helping Link proves that Teba was a good teacher, and it completes an entire arc with Tulin, a simple one, but an effective one. To begin with, he's reluctant to listen to anyone and will rush at a challenge. After working with Link, he realises that working with people is for the best. Is he the most layered character of all time? Of course not, not even close. But even those one or two layers give him the edge over the champions from Breath of the Wild in my opinion, despite liking those characters, on a personable level. And the interesting thing is, each sage has an extra layer or two added onto their personality this time around. Yonobo's new responsibilities, and generally being slightly less annoying in my opinion, Sidon's upcoming rise to be a king, Riju having to keep a town together in the midst of a bona fide crisis. These characters have more depth than I thought they would. I really think they fixed a problem with Breath of the Wild in my eyes. Those characters had great personalities and little more and it seems like it was a hurdle to get over to expand on these characters. But they got over that hurdle, and I like them all way more for it. So much so that my favourite of the sages wasn't even a new champion in Breath of the Wild. Great stuff in my opinion. But let me know what you think. Please subscribe for more weekly Zelda content, and you'll join the 22% of people who are watching that are already subscribed, plus like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you all to my amazing Patreon supporters and members, with an extra special thank you to the main man Sumji as usual. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you soon. Please, stay safe.